I've arrived on the property and I'm preparing to serve notice for uh, invoice 7632, Sanders Logistics Corporation, House One. Hello, I'm with Municipal Slaughterhouse. I'm here for Xanthi uh, Galashiel. Ah, uh, one second. Let By me... the way, this is all going to be recorded. Okay, uh, let's go actually find them for you. Uh, you saw uh, her out that way earlier. Anybody know where Xanthi is? What's happening? What's Why? Uh-oh. MSH. This uh, is being recorded. Does anybody know where Xanthi is? What is happening? That's a serious person. Okay. Genuinely, what is happening right now? Uh, I don't know. Get grandfather. That is... What is Ron! That's the MSG. Oh, oh my sorry, God. Kid. That's the impact. Ron! This is being recorded. I'm here serving notice for uh, questioning and processing for Xanthi Galashiel. Uh, yes. You're the owner of the property? Yes, I am. This is my ID. This has been signed, dated, and uh, completed by the Honorable Judge uh, Vincent Salerno. And Absolutely. everything is in order. I will need a signature. I've got something. Hello, listener. This is Jay. Two quick things. One, at one point we mentioned a thing about a ghost and that we'll get back to it. Uh, we forget to, but basically a bunch of players reported that something came into their rooms at 6 a.m. and we never found out what it was. Ooh, spooky. Thing two, um, we accidentally refer to the character Xanthi using she pronouns when that character uses they pronouns and the player uses both they and she pronouns. Hence the honest mistake. Um, we apologize for this mistake. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Tender Subject, the only podcast that made it out of the worst billionaire family dinner alive. Uh, my name is Kate, and my pronouns are she, her, or they, them, and I'm a visual artist in Philadelphia. And I'm Jay. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and uh, I am a music librarian in Boston, and we have a super fucking exciting <laughs> episode this week with our uh, amazing guests. Guests, please introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name is Jacqueline Brick. I also go by Jax Romana. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, they, them, and fey, femme in order of preference. I have a day job, but I am also the owner and proprietress and producer slash lead designer at Ruffled Feathers LLC, which is a LARP and interactive theater company based out of Delaware. And I'm Jason Burnett. My pronouns are he, him. I am a safety manager with the Philadelphia Orchestra and Kimmel Center. And uh, Jax, you should also mention you're an award-winning game developer and writer. 
It's true. I am a freelance game designer and writer outside of Ruffled Feathers LLC. You may have seen my work on Cult Divinity Lost, Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition, and other such deli- delicious cannibalistic games. <laughs> I, I I never get tired of hearing that. Like, Jax is super talented. I love her very much. We're mm-hmm. partners, by you, the way. You're going to make me blush. <laughs> partners in, in many things. Mm-hmm. The reason why we have these two lovely people uh, on this week is um, so I know Jax from college. Uh, <laughs> so this is this is the nepotism episode. Every episode oh, yeah. is a nepotism oh. episode. Podcast yeah. is just about podcasting is about communism and making friends. And that's what it is. But um, Jax messaged me and was like, hey, I'm doing this uh, weekend one shot LARP about cannibalism. Well, it's got cannibalism in it. Uh, if you and Kate come out here and, you know, participate in it, can I like come on your podcast and talk about it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck yes. Yes. That sounds like a blast. Yes. Um, and we did it. And here and we, we are now. we lived, bitch. We lived, bitch, we both did. of us. <laughs> um, so, um, Jackson, Jason, do you want to talk about the, the LARP that, y'all created (laughs) how would you guys like to bring us into the formalism zone because i am not actually formally (laughs) trained in literary analysis unlike many of you and your wonderful guests (laughs) oh we don't have yeah i mean we don't have to do that yeah when we talk about like books and movies sorry john but um no i think we could just talk about like the concept for Mm -hmm. the larp um okay like, yeah, mm. how you dreamed it up, and then we can kind of get into us actually being there, and then, oh, like, thoughts, how we, how reflections. This is one of my favorite stories. Yeah, yeah. I'd love so, to hear I'm it. I'm so excited to hear it. So, way back in the way back, by which I mean 2022 or the second half of March 2020, because this has all been March 2020, <laughs> uh, we are Real. all living in a terrifying hyper object. Um I had run a online-only game set in the world of the Silt Verses, which is a theological folk horror. We sort of explored war through the lens of sentient divine weaponry, and the people fed to that weaponry, both in literal and figurative terms. And one of our players had mentioned to me afterwards that she had read... um, Tender is the Flesh, and I, because I was raving about how much I love Tender is the Flesh because I'd read it after this game, and I'm like, wow, this really fits in with these themes of, you know, the the machine that we feed also feeds on us, and that sound that sounded really, um, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? I know words. I'm a writer. I'm good at this. Uh that sounded really tautological. But the machine we work on also feeds on us. Oh, it's sort of the theme. And we were talking, Joni, who wound up playing Cat Sanders, was the person who I talked to about Tender as the Flesh. And she's like, wow, it would be super cool if you ran a Tender as the Flesh game. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I love writing family dramas. I'm sure we can make something happen about this. And Jason, do you want to talk about how we started writing the outline? Because you're real excited about this. <laughs> so... I'm pretty sure this one was over pillow talk, yep. but Jax one day is looking at me and, and talking about all of these projects that she has 
that she would like to to start working on. All just conceptual, all still just brainstorming. Just really wants to do uh, a game about Tender as the Flesh. Really wants to do a game where it's just an excuse for. Oh, sorry. Uh, just an excuse for. Um, <clears throat> a bunch of people I like to cook for each other. To cook for each other and not have to worry about cooking ourselves. And yep. I went, so those are the same thing in my mind <laughs> right away. I went, that is, that's the same thing. We'll make that one thing. And mm-hmm. we just started kind of bouncing around ideas about uh, a tenderest the flesh game where it's about having your friends cook for you and family drama. So I took it the next level further and I went, how do this, this clearly, this is a game where everybody needs to be feeling very uncomfortable the entire time. Um, uh, something where we are preying on everyone's stress consistently. And just on everyone in general. Yes. So we engaged in one of the most stressful projects that I've ever, I've ever worked on. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was very stressful for us too, because we're like, how can we increase the stress level on everyone in the game? I know, let's increase the stress level on ourselves. It's gonna be great. Um What a I great th- idea. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh don't do this. Uh lines we had. We were we were engaged in the world before we even made the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm so glad we have most of the stuff written out now because uh, spoiler alert, our run zero, because uh, this was an untested run of this game, went so well that we're doing another run next year. Oh, hey. Yes. I, I want to go again. Well, maybe we'll invite you again. Kennedy's got a... <laughs> maybe. Gotta, you know. Maybe. Well, you, you wanted to go again, so like, if you decide you don't want to go again, then we won't invite you. Oh, maybe. I see. Yeah. Mm. So if you, All right. Hmm. But yeah, no, um... So there was a lot of setting expectation at first because people hear cannibalism LARP and what they think is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And as I am appearing on this podcast, as we are appearing on this podcast, it should be clear we have nothing against the Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) at all. Justice for Leatherface. Yeah. Right. (laughs) We did a lot of domestic labor. Mm We wanted to. I mean, I guess there is a lot of domestic labor in Texas. True, it is kind. Yeah, a lot. But it's that's it's a different sort of class thing, and we can talk more about that a little bit later because class played hugely into our game. Um, but we wanted to go more sort of like Hannibal or a certain hunger. Which, by the way, listeners, if you haven't read a certain hunger by Chelsea Summers, that was another one of our inspirations, and it's a delight, and you should definitely pick it up. Um, that's coming up too. Oh, we've, marvelous! We've got, we've got that on the on the docket. Spoilers. Well, Con- consider go. consider this like a little foreshadowing. Yeah, here. lots yeah. of books while the strike's still going on. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, I am part of a union. Uh, side note: I am part of the IWW four fifty, which is oh, the yeah. print and publishing union. So, if we were striking, I'd tell you, but we are not striking. Um, and I'm happy to be on your podcast. But where were we going with that? Hello, ADHD and formalism. Well, (laughs) we're talking about the genesis of of, uh, head of the family. So one of the one of the first things we really had to do was set expectations. And there was a lot. Once we dropped the core document, which had kind of our backstory and what the game would look like and, you know, the themes and the uh, content notes. We had a lot of people going, oh, I thought this game was going to be for me, but it's not. 
which was awesome. It was. Yes. We, yeah, I could well, imagine. That means you did it well. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine that's very freeing because you have people who are really excited about it and people who are like, I'm going to sit this mix one bag. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. say it's a bit of a mixed bag. And yeah. um, it's also worth noting that, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Jax, but it's also worth noting by this point, we'd also brought on Soraya Spinner pronouns they, them onto onto our team as well to be one of our co-creators writers and most importantly our sensitivity um editor Mm -hmm. yes soraya spinner is an absolute gem uh they have edited a lot of other big larps they're an incredible sensitivity editor for things like sex work and poc issues and you should definitely check them out and we will put a link to i don't know if they have a spot to be linked to if they do, it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> it'll probably be their their Ven- Venmo or PayPal or yeah, happy to put that in. Yes, but they do have a Venmo which we will put in the show notes. It's probably the easiest way to contact them. Um, Money. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, you can also send messages through Venmo, which is cool. Anyway, yeah. uh, the coolest thing about having Soraya on board with this is because. The U.S. has a history of chattel slavery, which does not look terribly different from factory farming if you're factory farming humans. Mm-hmm. And since so much of the world of this game, because we didn't want to put that immediately on screen, we wanted it to sort of be the cosmic radiation of the game. We wanted it to be the air the players were breathing and the wind in the trees. And not something they would ever have to look directly at, but something that they were just breathing in the whole time. So we really needed to be careful with that. And Soraya was amazing at editing our content, but also sharpening it so that it would just like pierce you at the most unexpected, but also most dramatically appropriate moments. Oh, man. And having them on board was invaluable. They they would often take my ideas and make them even worse when I was, I thought it was like, maybe, maybe I'm pushing the needle a little too far here. No, Soraya would come in behind me and be like, no, let's, let's make this. Let's make this better, worse. Let's make this better, worse. Let's make this off. I love that. Better, (laughs) worse. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Um, Jason, do you want to talk about Bikini Atoll? Which is one of our favorite fictional locations. Um, so, uh, this is this is all set dressing, but it does require a little bit of explanation as to the setting of the game. We, we're kind of forgetting here that the four of us know all about what we yeah. made, but the audience may be sitting there going, what are they talking about? Um, Head of the Family is a LARP for about 30-ish people. If you yep, and, and what is a LARP? I'm so glad Ooh, you asked. Yeah. <laughs> LARP is, you may have heard LARP used as a term. Uh, to describe people in silly outfits screaming lightning bolt and that's that's part of what a larp can be you may have also heard larp used to describe fascists in silly outfits at protests and unfortunately some of those people also exist and side note i will never be offended when we call those people larpers i think it's fucking hysterical because they are (laughs) larpers with terrible safety rules and no concept of the game space Hmm, yeah i like that actually so fuck them um, but a LARP is just a live action role play. If you have played D&D, you're halfway to playing a LARP. A LARP is just role playing with somatic, i.e. embodied, wow, theme of the podcast, elements. <laughs> so if your character's walking around and doing a thing, your character's walking around and doing a thing. We tried to have what we call what you see is what you get as much as possible for this LARP. 
So, like, the kitchen was actually there. People were actually cooking. People were actually moving around tables and cleaning up drinks and, you know, moving stuff. I out went to the-, the store in character yep. twice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it, that, is, it is not like. I think a couple of people actually went thrifting in character on Saturday as well. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Because yeah, there was a little thrift shop. So our, our LARP took place in this house in Berryville, Virginia, that was a renovated old folks home. <laughs> so it had like this very weird cross between like Southern hospitality, but also institutional like blandness, oh, which man. was perfect for the game. Yeah, and so many bathrooms. So many bathrooms. Oh my god, I was so happy about that. And it was creepy vibes in general. Pretty sure it was haunted. Oh yeah, there was a haunted thing that happened. There was a ghost. Which we will talk about about. in a little bit. (laughs) So yeah, a little bit more about what what our LARP was in particular. Yeah, yeah. The the LARP took place, uh, if you're familiar with TV tropes, uh, 20 minutes into the future, or next Sunday AD. Um, if you read Near Tender is the Flesh, yeah. if you read Tender is the Flesh or listen to the lovely uh, episode that our hosts did about it, uh, <laughs> you will know that it takes place after a virus allegedly decimates the entire animal kingdom and makes them dangerous to people. You hear that, uh, so people, quote unquote, have to start eating people. And we really wanted to push the allegedly in this game because Baz Tarika does it. And in the spirit of Baz Tarika, we really wanted to like kind of nudge that. Um, the author. Yeah. yeah. We, they did an episode about Tenders the Flash. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. For the, Just in case people skipped that one. Oh, fair <laughs> for, the reg- okay. for the regulars. Yeah. For, sorry. <laughs> for the casuals. Go back and listen to that one if you're a casual listener. Pause anyway. it here. We'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, so 20 minutes into the future or next Sunday AD. We we said it was 20XX cuz that was just easier. Mega Man style. Basically, yeah. Except cannibalist Mega Man yeah. with a terrible family that he hates. Because yeah. this was a drama not set in sort of the I guess middle class that um Marcos was in in Tender is the Flesh. This was very much capital owning class. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like not just rich, but has capital to produce for like production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the succession family, basically. Yep. Yeah. Because this was a mix of tender is the flesh and succession, because we really just wanted to ram home that no really capitalism consumes all it sees. Yeah. Um and so we had 25 characters plus the lovely podcast host characters and i'm sure they will talk about that a little bit later in this yeah also i really want you to talk about it Mm -hmm. um but also so there were family members there were family friends there were spouses of people in the family there were servants oh man Uh, servants mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah jason (laughs) yeah jason um there were board members like Jason's yeah. favorite board member. Oh gosh, so many, <laughs> so many. There um, were so many like dalliances. Oh and yeah, everyone secret, was fucking everyone. Babies and there were at least incest. <laughs> yep, everyone was just looking for a way to get a leg over or over someone. Oh yeah. yeah. Because uh, I'm trying so hard to make this as stressful for everybody as possible. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things that I thought of early on was like, well, how do how can we make this stressful? Well, one of the most stressful scenarios I could think of for all of my friends to deal with on a almost year to year basis is family meal time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Ramadan, whatever. If there's a meal, it's oftentimes infuriating for the individual because of who is in their family and who they ha- feel obliged to have to spend it with. And some of my favorite stories to go back on in, in my life to tell are those stories where um, yeah, Thanksgiving ham was almost ruined because the German shepherd hopped up on top of the table um, or, or how uh, my, my aunt used um, baking uh, soda instead of baking powder for the cornbread. No. And, oh, oh, no. and all of us ate it like it was just fine because we refused to tell her it was bad until she sat down at the table 30 minutes later to eat and then glared daggers at us. Any any of these little moments, everybody has. Everyone has these yep. moments from, from their family. And we decided that when we're going to have our players organize every major meal like a giant set piece, each meal is going to impact the state of play. And if anything goes wrong in the course of making that meal, we don't stop the game. That, that problem happens in the game if for whatever reason the whole thing is ruined and you can't cook at all and everybody has to go to mcdonald's in this setting that's part of play because that's really uncomfortable yep yeah and that's something we really had to sort of drill into our players because god bless our players they're wonderful but a lot of them are perfectionists a lot of expectation (laughs) setting went into this and yeah and a lot of them have like patterns of oh I have to do this this way or I have to do this that way and there was a lot of GM talk of no it's okay if you fail and these are these are people who very much play by the adage like play to lift or play to lose which is the idea that sometimes it's fun to fail in games Mm -hmm. and sometimes that makes other people's story better or even your story better but because of the nature of the game because people are so like proud of their cooking or focused on their cooking we had to drill it into them both in and out of character guys if this fails it fails it's okay and that that was that was an expectation i was not prepared for but it running the larp actually did teach me some valuable lessons on that front which i appreciated um we had so much good food though Oh, oh my, my god. god, it was insane. I was like not I guess I wasn't expect it's not that I wasn't expecting it because I knew that was part of the game, but like mm-hmm. I didn't figure in how much that would be part of what I would be doing mm-hmm. all weekend is yeah. like eating delicious food. Yeah. yeah. Like- and I like I helped clean up a couple times too. Well you, like, you guys- that was part of it too, right? Yeah. Before we talk about the cleanup, did you guys want to like talk about your ex- your experiences as vegetarians in this game? Sure. Oh, yeah, because I also wanted to um, talk about like um, the m- meals and cooking and like serving mm, yeah. food like as a game mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, yeah. us being vegetarians in real life and my character being vegetarian like in game Kate I don't know if your character was a vegetarian mine or wasn't so I just kind of pretended right and we had other there were other players who in real life they were vegetarian but not in the game or and vice versa, versa. Yeah. so um, I, I think maybe like we can talk about um, 
cooking and actually eating real food as a game mechanic, along with the fact that some people are vegetarians. Mm. <laughs> um, so I don't know, because like, it wasn't just that this was like a family meal. This was a family reunion where a will was being edited. Yeah, um, I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. <laughs> yeah and and so, yeah. so yeah y'all go take 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 it away so it was it was one of those things where it's like okay well we have a setting we have um mm-hmm. you know we have an idea about this family but how can we make it even worse and one of my favorite tropes for any kind of role-playing experience has always been um well who's going to inherit the family fortune or whatever and mm-hmm. um i believe it or not i had not actually heard of succession at this point oh wow and i was just like yeah so we make it a really wealthy uh family that um at jacks i can't remember if this was your idea or mine but the idea that they were directly involved in the shipping um like multinational shipping industry that was that was my idea because i didn't want to take the slaughterhouse family from tender is the flesh entirely so we did transport of head and the special meat that head became Head of the family, get hey. it? Hey. Oh, yeah. The name was one of one of the uh, things that we were. It's like, so yeah, good. It's so fucking good. It's a real great pun. Can a we get an air horn pun. in here, Jay? Um, I don't have a soundboard. Um, I'll try to find one though. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Bam! 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 An air horn. Um. Once once we put that in, it was. A really quick couple of uh, of pillow talk conversations where we, you know, opened up our laptops and started jotting down. Size think, opens Google Doc. Yeah, I think the original document was something called like Tender Thoughts. Yep. Uh, oh, I love uh-huh. that. <laughs> um, and we just kind of like started brainstorming out like, okay, so how do we make the prep the prep of food and serving it? How do we make that a mechanism to influence the state of play? We decided the, the, the state of play is the will of the periarch of the family. Um, in our game, uh, Ron Sanders. We had to find a gender neutral term for patriarch because oh, we I weren't was like, sure who the head of the family was going gotcha. to be. And we found out that the term is periarch. Cool. Yep. I was actually like, hmm, I don't know what that means. If you care, it comes from the term parasite. Oh, I love it. Killing of I do parent. care. No. <laughs> I very much care. We all learned something today. Yeah, we did. But um, that was one of the first roles that we cast after we started getting our, our application forms in. And mm. um, we're thrilled with the performance from, oh, from God, the individual. Yeah. I don't oh, know if they, they want their name shared. So I'm being Yeah, let, let's, let's refrain from like yeah. naming people. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, they they played Ron Sanders, and Ron was uh, he him pronouns, uh, just like a a a, a complete menace, dictator, a menace, like An a presence, menace. just from like how he would like shuffle in place, like it was terrifying. Um, but it's his will, and we decided that each meal would be a group of individuals' opportunities to influence words that are written in the will. Um, and man, that turned into some wild, wild. <laughs> it was uh, so good. It was, it was. VC Andrew's ass family play. 
Yeah, we decided really. that like based on on a person's role in the family or as a servant or whatever, everybody would have different powers and different abilities that could influence the will or influence other people. Mm-hmm. And so for people that are close to the family, they had more direct power over controlling the meals and therefore controlling huge chunks of of the will if they wanted to strike anything out in particular. But um you would need to have very specific powers like the attorneys that were there they had a a, a power called the quote unquote power of attorney ha 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 hey. um mm-hmm. where and i loved this one this is just like pun heaven for me the the rule was written out so that if you have passed the bar exam then you are allowed to serve drinks to others in play. And for- oh, wow. Drink I didn't know work. that one. Yeah. For oh, each- that's so good. Someone, you can add words to the will. And uh, Ron Sanders, the head of the family, can also add words to the will. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the, the short, chunky description of how uh, people with all of this stress of preparing like the perfect meal, because it has to be just right. If you're going to impress uh, the head of the family just enough to maybe put you in instead of your older sister (laughs) for something like we, we, we got there and it was funny how the will left was, it was a three day game. So uh, how many meals was it, Jax? It was um, five. five We had, we had dinner, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and brunch. Yeah. So a Friday night to a, to a Sunday brunch. Um, and the will was pretty much untouched until after. Yeah. He- and that was unfortunately one of the flaws of the game because nobody wanted to be the first person to have their will entertained. And that was really interesting watching people shift from this very collaborative experience of, okay, I'm going to you know do this for your character. You're going to do this for my character to, to this very like competitive cutthroat experience of people collecting words and collecting the ability to remove words and a couple of shouting matches near the end that weren't oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah um in, in a good way shouting matches oh really <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was uh it was some 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 excellent drama yes that mm-hmm. was that yeah, was playing yeah. around and and it, as well it wasn't just that people were too I don't want to say that anyone was too timid to influence the will because there was a lot of curiosity about the will and a lot of curiosity about when the first few changes were going to be made. But it was also a time period for the players to really get to know each other's direction of performance as their characters. Because everybody knew the names of all of the characters. Everybody understood the, the family association with one another or the family friends or even the servants. But for the most part, the player's knowledge was specific to just what was on their sheet. Their character sheet, yeah. They didn't wrote. have really a bird's eye view of anything. We did, so, which was you, so me exciting. Me and Kate did, yeah. yeah <laughs> we Jay got to look at everybody's. <laughs> which I loved. I want to put yeah. a pin in that because I want your guys' sort of like a I want I want yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of your, exp- after we finish sort of explaining our boring developer shit, I want you guys mm-hmm. to like tell us about your experience we yeah. need to discourse about your experience at your first LARP, Kate. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah. But yeah, like, no. Um, I think I think honestly, next time I run it, I want to open the will up on Sunday morning and have it be something that people can just look at until that time. Mm. Mm. Really? Okay. 
Yeah, because <laughs> like people people didn't want to touch that will until Sunday morning and like people were nervous about how much time they had to edit the will and people kept asking me about time limits on editing the will. Mm -hmm. And that's not some that and like the stock market, the abortive stock market mechanic that we had are not really things I want to bring into game again because as much as this game is about capitalism consuming people, there were some out-of-character moments for me as a GM where I felt like my players' intentions were I have to be the best at this game. Mm -hmm. And I am going to do... I am going to use my OOC stuff to be the best at this game. And yeah. there, there were certain moments of like... I, as the player, need to consume this game in a way people know that I am good at this game as a player. And that's not really something I want to encourage because as a designer of LARPs who is an anti-fascist and enjoys designing LARPs about totalizing societies and fascists, that anxiety of I have to be the best at this game is not really something I want to encourage in a game about fascists cutting each other's throats. <laughs> I mean, that's one yeah. reason I kind of stopped doing LARP in college was because I felt like I was playing with people who were just trying to show our storytellers that they knew what the storytellers were doing. Yeah. Like, right. as like, hey, I know this better than the other people. And that was not fun for me as a player who like didn't yeah. memorize the rule books. You yeah, know? it's an extremely like capitalist it is. approach yeah. to a LARP that is like actually anti-capitalist, even yeah. though, you know, obviously like the, it, it's what, a, what's it's happening a in the satire, game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't take it. You shouldn't take it in too much that you become that yeah. character, but I see how that happens. And that's, that's some, that's that. This is my first point of didactics for this episode. <laughs> it's, if you are a LARP designer or if you play LARPs, and you have not read, I don't know, any any anarcho-syndicalist scenes, you're not involved in your community, you don't actually like talk to people about anything other than LARP, what are you doing? This is an interdisciplinary activity. Like, if you want to know the themes of your game, the themes of any game are going to be pulled from real life. I pull my themes very, very heavily from theory like Blessed is the Flame and Desert and stuff like that I, I say stuff like that as though you know that's a simple category no future i read a lot of anarcho nihilism and anarcho syndicalism and i'm very into the idea of for the squatch there are no heroes um and like just this idea of there's there's never going to be someone coming to save us there are only the people you have now and in a lot of larps about totalizing systems people either find that or they don't and both of those experiences in LARPs are really interesting. And unfortunately, when you're trying to be the best at a LARP that is explicitly about fascism or cannibalist capitalism, like, that kind of subverts the point of the LARP. <laughs> this is why a lot of, like, cyberpunk games and stories don't interest me, because people yeah. miss the fucking point that cyberpunk is, is bad, actually, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you're the cool edge runners and you're outside of society and you're doing your own thing. And, oh, well, you're taking jobs from these corporations. How punk of you. That's wild. And, like, the thing about Marcos in Tender is the Flesh, to bring it back, is he's not trying to be the best at his society. 
Mm-mm. He's just kind of there. He's yeah. like a wet fucking napkin with generational wealth and a whole bunch of misogyny. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, it was very, very cool to see people in our game making moves to try to like be on the board or whatever. But when players got stressed about not getting things they wanted or about other people not reacting in the ways they thought they would, that was where I got a little worried. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of the, another stress point for, for us uh, as, as, the, uh, as the creators of this space was um, I, had a, uh, I had a good deal of anxiety ahead of the game in the, in the realm of when, when our players are really getting into their characters and into these mindsets and they're making consumption of human flesh a consistent part of what they are doing and their their psyche and their role play how sick are people going to get will people actually be able to eat these wonderful meals that that uh, that our players are creating for them or is it just going to hit a point where it's like this is too gross i can't do this and thankfully that didn't happen oh god i ate so much steak tartare <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a, a thing that I would also love to to, yeah. to talk about, but Damn. I want to make sure y'all um, get to. No, please. I think this is a great segue because then we can sort of talk about your guys' experience. Yeah. About yeah. consuming the product we placed before you so lovingly. Right. So like, you know, in Tinder is the flesh, you know, any meat is special meat. It's head. It is human beings that are raised mm-hmm. to be slaughtered just like cows are now right Mm -hmm. and um in game obviously people were cooking you know cows and chickens and and, and stuff right um but in game players were meant to pretend that that was head that was Mm -hmm. special meat right um and we had to refer to it as such and everything and Mm -hmm. Um, I luckily played a character who was vegetarian, so I had a very convenient like excuse to be like, no, thank you. I don't want to be eating that. And I will say that like uh, ahead of time when people were out of character planning meals, like bef- in the Discord a couple weeks ahead of time, it was like, okay, what are our vegetarian options going to be? Who's got food sensitivities? What kind of things do we need to account for for the real people who are playing this? Mm-hmm. And we can pretend for things when we need to right which i thought was really considerate there was a lot of good vegetarian food yeah i was like one yeah. point real real clear real quick was that we left all of the meal planning to the players we yeah did not yeah. tell them that they needed to make vegan options that they needed to be considerate to people's allergies we did not do we those. did tell them we needed they needed to be considerate to people's allergies that was actually a thing we did we had a we had a spreadsheet for that mm-hmm but but um, how they approached it was up to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like I I felt like I was getting plenty of food. I was really excited about that. But a thing I was sort of um, curious about and I asked in the Discord and got a lot of really interesting responses about. And also I would say maybe my one one of my um, not like criticisms of mm-hmm. the the game, but maybe something that I don't know how it would maybe it was just because of the unique style, like what the, these characters and players brought to it. Um, I felt like I wasn't experienced. It felt like I was kind of in just an episode of succession mm-hmm. for a lot of it. And then meat would come out. Um, <laughs> uh, there were moments, but like I, 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 I was looking for like 
people being confronted with what is what this was. I mean, and we sure did do that. We sure did at one point. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Um, <laughs> and so, like, yeah. So it's like, and at one moment, um, I think it was like, or I'll cut that out. I believe it was one character um, Harris. who, yeah, our, Harris, our lovely valet Harris, that is <laughs> who just offered me a bag of raw meat in a Ziploc <laughs> bag as a present. God uh, bless. And that was the first night. Um, yep. And so it's like, that was kind of what I wanted to be confronted with more during the game. Okay. Um, again, maybe it was like, not, and not in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre gory way. Um, and maybe it was just because of the role that my character played that I mm-hmm. wasn't around other types of discussions that this may have come up during. Um, but then mealtime would happen. Right. Right. And um, I, um Again, I'm not saying that was like a flaw of the game design. Mm-hmm. I, I think it may just be characters were like succession. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. And I was the same exact way. I was kind of leaning into that too. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I asked, like, "Hey, for the players who aren't vegetarian, and you were eating meat, and you had to pretend that that was a human being, how did that feel? And does that?" And and I wasn't doing it in like a judgmental way. Like I wanted to make build that trust of I am a vegetarian, but I am not judging you yeah. for eating yeah. meat. And I was honestly curious. And I was like, and especially like if you've read Tinder is the Flesh too, like how did that maybe change the way you did it? Of, of did you what did you feel while you were eating this meat in the mindset that this is a human being? And you are a human. So like, how did that affect or make you reflect on your meat eating habits? Um, And we get a lot of really uh, interesting responses that I- Some of the responses, Jay. Did not expect. Um, And and Kate, please like jump in. Yeah, I'll jump in. I'll, after you, I'll, I'll give my like- Like some care, some players were like, um, they, they said that they were- so in mode like as their character that it didn't phase them because it wouldn't have phased their character and so they were just that deep in character that it was just kind of whatever but then after when they thought about it it made them go oh huh (laughs) (laughs) why was that so easy for me and like people honestly like I, I don't think the game made anyone a vegetarian no. um, who wasn't already one. Oh my but God, it, the meat was so good at that game. So yeah, good. no. Um, literally one of the, the players was a butcher in real life. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, who also, like, basically everyone gave the response of they have thought a lot about their meat-eating habits before the game. And interrogated that in themselves before the game, even before they knew this game would exist. That was already things that they were thinking about Mm -hmm. and had sort of gone one, you know, had sort of made their peace with it in one way or the other or tried to do what they could one way or another. But it did have some people like rethinking um, like like some players like played more a role in the industry. Mm-hmm. aspect of it and so re it made them like rethink that in a way of like not just me eating but the industry around it mm-hmm. um so i thought that was interesting that's cool mm-hmm. yeah i mean while i so while i was there in the larp like i was really lucky because i played a character 
that is very good for a first time LARPer. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like a family friend and I didn't know that many family members other than like the family member that I was best friends with and like a few other people. But um, it was easy for me to kind of slip in and out if I needed a break um, because Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert and also a first time LARPer. So I was kind of like, I want to be a little bit on like the outside of this sometimes. Um, And, you know, also like the cool thing is because it's a family gathering. I mean, as myself, Kate Terry, I have spent many times escaping my family to try and find a place to read a book. (laughs) And so I did that. And so I did that like while I was there too a lot and like would also just kind of sit around and like listen to people talk. Um, but like I was also reading, so I had already read Tender as the Flash, and Jay and I were also reading Meat Love, which is like a Marxist polemic against um like sort of the the celebration of meat mm-hmm. a la um like Anthony Bourdain and some other um the like those kinds of like nose to tail uh, right. And like people, and we do love Anthony Bourdain, but oh yeah, Yeah. love love to Anthony Bourdain Mm -hmm. for many of his political uh, views, but um, but like it's a you know is a very interesting like look into things that we've already been talking about, like how factory farming, um, you know, mimics in a lot of ways like chattel slavery and um, like. The labor practices are absurd, horrific, absolutely horrific. Um, You know, a lot of people work in factory farming or like industrial like meat production for about a year and then Mm -hmm. just basically like burn out of it. Yep. Um, So obviously there are things that people see in like in a year. There are images that kind of that like traumatize you mm-hmm. so much that you have to leave. Um, and so I was reading that while also like being in the middle of this because I love to like double traumatize myself, I guess. Um, one thing isn't enough. So I was like, <laughs> it, I couldn't like get out of that, I think, for me, which is mm-hmm. fine because I'm a vegetarian. So I didn't feel like I had like ethical confusion i guess in Mm -hmm. the same ways that like maybe some other people felt not that i think i'm like oh man i'm the best (laughs) because i I don't feel like that no i think i'm also a newer i I was a vegetarian for a long time and then i stopped and now i'm a vegetarian again and like basically because i have a cannibalism podcast i spend (laughs) so much time thinking about like meat and and bodies and like gruesome things that I was like I can't do it anymore that makes sense um so yeah I had all of those things like spinning around in my mind and there were moments where I was at dinner and I got really grossed out Mm. and I was like oof I am very upset right now and like that's good I think that's good like Mm -hmm. I I wasn't so upset (laughs) yeah I wasn't so upset that I was like this is not fun i was upset in a way that i was like i am like tuned into the parts of the game that i think that you wanted to be tuned into yeah that i want to be and then also that like you wrote 
yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so like it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's I think awesome. it's because I'm, you know, you know, like converts are often like yeah. very excitable about like the thing that they just recently converted mm-hmm. to. So it's like, oh, I'm a new vegetarian and I'm going to be all like nuts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, like, yeah, I couldn't tune out of that part of. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's really interesting because there are those parts of the game that I really want people to be experiencing, like the thinking about where the meat comes from and the family drama and the sort of metaphor of the meat of, oh, we're all like the way they treated each other in character. And this was all negotiated and consensual. And we had a big yeah. talk during the workshop about, hey, we're all adults. This is a community. Please, like, if you're talking to someone out of character, please assume they are talking in good faith. And, mm-hmm. like, I am not your dad. I will help mediate if I need to. We're we're here for that. But, like, please understand that we are all adults and we're all here to play this very difficult game. But we're all also here to take care of each other. And something that I loved is, for most of the game, any problems that arose out of character, like a uh, a player had a massive mango allergy that people forgot about and as soon as that came up anything that had mangoes in it was thrown out outside away from the house the Mm -hmm. house was ventilated and this person was taken care of and that was all before it reached me and that was awesome and that was a part that was very much not in game (laughs) (laughs) that's not what the game was about but out of game because we are all adults who are ostensibly playing this game for fun that that was something that i was really really happy about um, I mean, honestly, too, I saw some of that from like the porch where I was reading. Yeah, me and Kate were hanging and out. Yeah. Some and like uh, the um, Iona's character, I think, like dumped a bunch of mango yep. um, slushy. Yeah, uh, what is it called? Not a margarita. No, Good it Lord. was. Um, it wasn't a sangria either. It was something. A, it was smoothie. It was a smoothie. Yeah, and just like dumped it in the front yard, and it was like that kind of like weird like surreal family thing where you'd be like yeah. sitting on the porch and your weird aunt is like in the front yep. like yep. dumping a <laughs> thing of juice and you're like yeah that looks right yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Iona, Iona our beloved uh, ex aunt who married into the family because she wanted to be a movie star and use yeah. the family money to fund her own movies which by the she way is an incredible character it's yeah. based off of an actual case that Jason and I looked up which is these two Texas billionaires who got divorced in the 80s and Nine. their their divorce papers are oh, just my. absurd and <laughs> we were like we gotta put this in our game there's a um, fantastic great. article about it. Um, yeah. I also, going back to the vegetarian thing, though, for a moment, I had this incredible moment where I, I as a board member of the company who was known mm-hmm. for, like, preying on younger, less important dudes. <laughs> um, because we, we did touch on, like, again, issues of, like, sexual predation and incest and things like that in this game, which is why we had to push that community that out of game community aspect so early on mm-hmm. was to make sure that people felt safe playing with these unsafe like themes um but i had this plate of steak tartare and someone said oh i'm i'm not going to finish mine i said okay and i dumped it onto mine and then i couldn't finish and like oh that was lovely and i got up to leave and the eldest child just looks over and mutters under their breath disgusting that's wasteful 
and looks at my plate of tartare. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I am now in this world. This person has just dissed me for not finishing my plate of human meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because it's human meat, but because it's wasteful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, like, to to touch on, like, that contrast between how we were treating each other in character versus, like, that care we were all showing mm-hmm. behind the scenes, I actually think that might be one of the reasons why I was having a hard time. Oh, interesting. Like, actually connecting with, like, the cannibal mm-hmm. aspect of it. Like, not that it wasn't baked into everything, but, like, so my character, Kennedy Cannon, um... <laughs> Uh, I loved him to death. Thank you so much uh, well, for you, writing him. Well, I would have. I do want you to tell us more about Kennedy Cannon because I need to hear more about your experience about playing flamboyant Worm Tongue. Yes. But... Um, no, we can we can say fag on this podcast. Oh, um, okay, faggy Worm Tongue. Go Maggie ahead, Worm Tongue. Yeah, because um, you were like, well, this character, uh, this like uh, influencer character, uh, needs a, a PA. And I was like, oh, I could be faggy wearing time. Yeah, let's in a go. Second. Yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. Um, so yeah, but so sorry. Like, uh, I want to put an actual like, character discussion for a little. I, it's your podcast. I don't want to tell you how to run your podcast, but I do want to get <laughs> to your point before I'm like, tell me about how much you like your characters, guys. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, um, because he was a, a personal assistant uh, and also like the best friend of this character as well. And the way that I played him was like, my sole mission in life was this person mm-hmm. this other person basically and so i kind of didn't pay attention to a lot of the other oh. drama or anything else happening i was focused on beth mm-hmm. and what beth needed and beth was also vegetarian and it wasn't until uh this other character got literally sent to the municipal slaughterhouse that was this person's spouse Oh god. But I wasn't part of that discussion. I found out about it a li- like after they had made that decision, mm-hmm. like both in and out of character. Um but when this person got taken away, I was comforting Beth and that was the only thing I was doing. Oh. But then so it's like I I kind of I was just like I didn't even it was like any connection that I had formed to this, I was like gone. I was just oh. focusing on Beth. So it's like I didn't even like and so then after Every like all of the people who were involved in that were taking care of each other and like decompressing and everything. So it's like I experienced more of that aspect mm-hmm. of a lot of what was happening was the out of character taking care of each other um, and checking in mm-hmm. with especially because this player then didn't get to play anymore because they got killed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and like I was even checking in with this player, like, <laughs> "Hey, the player's okay. Ha- the character's dead. Ha- how are you doing? You know, essentially, ha- yes, yeah. So maybe that's why I like didn't connect with oh, okay. the like. I mean, not not that like not that capitalism isn't cannibalistic. Hey, theme of this podcast, but um, I my character was so focused on this, like laser focused on this one thing Mm -hmm. that like when I wasn't doing that, I was literally like running to the store to uh, 
buy like paper towels and napkins or helping clean dishes or helping do spills or like running like doing little errands for people when i wasn't kind of engaged in play well i can't Um, believe you consumed yourself over the course of this larp jay maybe maybe i was the real cannibal the whole time you know maybe you were the main course all the real head the whole time maybe i've not received any complaints ayo so so yeah like my just because of how i played my character Mm -hmm. and what i did you know that may have affected my ability to um interact with the themes okay maybe so maybe I... that's on me, but maybe that's its own statement. <laughs> oh, right? That's interesting. You know, how how someone can just not even really be exposed or think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But now that we're talking about characters, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jay and Kate, do you want to tell us about your characters? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kate, Kate, go first. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, because I was gonna say I feel like I was lucky. Well, I don't know if I was lucky, but I I got to be involved in a lot of conversations about class because of my Mm. character so i was dahlia valencienne which i love because it's such a like glam name um and kate terry is not but um (laughs) i was uh the best friend of sarah who is the sister younger sister to the patriarch's wife yes yes Yes. Um, <laughs> complicated <laughs> family tree. In, yeah, their tree is very complicated. But so um, Sarah, who is like my absolute best friend in the whole world, and I have a podcast together about horror, which not a stretch for Kate. Um, also, I got to I played my character as a thirsty goth bottom. Also, not a stretch for Kate. Um, <laughs> But I was like, you know what? What was your fake podcast called? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I actually have a... Oh, Splatterhouse. Yeah. I have... I I even made an Instagram for it. And we have like three followers, which is really funny. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the things that was really interesting... So it's like Sarah's my best friend. I'm also secretly in love with her. But she is so clueless that she doesn't know. Um, and like, I do not come from any kind of wealth. Um, I was like Sarah's ski instructor when I was younger and I just like grew up in a rich town as like one of the workers in a, and like my family was like workers in a rich town, um, which is actually kind of close to my like childhood also, which is wild. But, um, so I've been sort of like, around wealth but not part of it in any way like um but it helps me because it funds my podcast um so like the some of that was like morally really confusing for me i think like Mm. while i was there which i thought was interesting like it was they were things that i had to like work out in my head a bunch like why wouldn't dahlia be a vegetarian in real life or like why wouldn't dahlia have a lot more issues with this if they're a podcast that's talking about horror that is now banned for various reasons um why does she kind of why is she okay with like dipping her toe into like this family's wealth um 
and but also like being extremely critical of it and like rolling her eyes all the time um so that was like interesting i got to think about that a lot Mm. um also like there were a bunch of moments where like people in the family like there was a moment where people actually toasted me and applauded me for being so brave for being working class oh my god and i was like yeah i've i've kind of experienced things like this before like that happens people who are that wealthy are that fucking clueless Um, i love that yeah and they think that they're doing like they think they're doing something good you know but like Mm -hmm. it's so horrible and gross and um but it felt really real like it really um it felt like something that would happen to dahlia so like most of my I would say like most of my weekend was spent like following Sarah around <laughs> and like just sort of listening in every once in a while I would um yeah get applauded for being working class. Uh there was a moment when uh Sarah asked me to be her PA and I was extremely upset and then actually like started a whole conversation with Jay's character about how extremely like <laughs> like ridiculous it is to be a pa then realizing that jay is a pa <laughs> oh. and also a best friend and of the a person be- he's a yeah. PA for yeah yeah and like yeah because yeah, i was like can you imagine like my best friend would ask me to be their <laughs> fucking pa like i'm not their servant Oop. you know and i was so angry about it and then i was like wait I mean, for you, it's fine. No offense. (laughs) So, like, those parts were very interesting. I, like, I got to, yeah, really, like, uh, explore a lot more things than I thought I would. And I have to say, like, the person who played Sarah was incredibly kind and generous to me. And, like... Genuinely delightful. Yeah. I met him before myself. That was fantastic watching them take in the role of sarah like they did it was honestly the chemistry between the two of you was phenomenal do you want to talk about the choker that you were wearing at one point (laughs) okay so i like made up this story and like uh, it it happened after it happened after i put it on so like i feel like that's probably as someone who's never done a lot before that's probably something that happens a lot that like an accidental um you know like we Accessory. call these urgent plots. Ooh, I love it. Mm. Okay. So yeah, so I, you know, was playing kind of like a gothy character who has a horror podcast. So I put on this like black dress and I put on my little dog collar and I come out and um I'm sitting around with family and Sarah had this story about how they um went to like a vintage store and it and these vintage stores at this time it means that like you can buy animal leather and fur and things like that. So, you know, she's like, I bought these Doc Martens and I got these like earrings. And then I just was like, oh, and Sarah got me this necklace. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kept like playing it up. Like every time anybody saw me, they'd be like, oh, where do you? And I was like, oh, and Sarah bought me this necklace. And like, I went, I was so into it. And like, then Sarah got into it or the character the person who played Sarah was like oh it makes sense that I would be this person who thinks they're like super edgy 
but would have no idea that this like was a collaring mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that she just thought she bought me like kind of a cute little minimalist ne- leather necklace oh yeah um, sarah was deliberately made to be clueless about the very things that she was supposed to be an expert on yep. yes <laughs> and so it was great and then when i got mad at her i took it off and everybody was like oh you're not wearing your necklace let's say and sarah was like what did you do with the what why aren't you wearing it and it was like Oh, um, I, I guess I forgot to put it on. <laughs> Oof. So, yeah. So, like, it became a whole thing about our... Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and it was just really fun because it's like, you know, you get these character sheets. And at first I was very timid about, like, oh, well, I'm just going to follow this exactly and, like, not add anything. That's like, well, duh, of course you're going to add stuff to mm-hmm. it. We love emergent role play and live action mm-hmm. role playing when you're role playing in the live action. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Whoa, crazy yeah. how that works. Kay, I'm really glad you brought up the like um uh class element of your character. Yeah. Um so the, our character sheets like had a first initial and then a last name. So I just got K Cannon and I had to come up with Kennedy. Um and uh, I had it that his nickname was Onassis um, <laughs> as, my own little, as a, a little treat. Um, and um, then we were like, I, my character was a servant. Like literally that was like kind of the class of character I had was a servant, which means I got a servant power. I tried using it on Sarah and then it didn't work, which, you know, whatever is fine. Um, <laughs> but um, I... Uh yeah, my character was written as a servant, so I served, which meant that like I like helped clean things up that got spilled just because I was around them, you know. And um my character was he grew up in Florida, Florida, he was closeted, he managed to stay closeted from his family at least through college, became best friends with Beth. Um, and he came like I kind of put it that he came from like a lower class background and i had it that like because my first job was a a food server so i made that kennedy's first job as well which had him bond with another character over having been food servers before and this like weird moment of a brief moment of class solidarity but then i had kennedy be a reminder of what i could be in that like i've had a little bit of class mobility i grew up you know, from a poor region of Southern Illinois, I, you know, very poor family. I would have been homeless if my grandmother didn't own her house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I am not that anymore, right? Um, and so Kennedy was a reminder of like who you actually need to be in solidarity with because he, while he had that moment, his name was in that will by the end of the game. Yep. Hmm. Uh, as he was going to be the VP of marketing. Or whatever. Like, he totally was willing to throw people under the bus. Um, not even for his own ambition, but just because he, like, was so loyal to Beth. Um, but that meant that he was willing to, like, that's who his solidarity was with. was with these fucking billionaire capitalists. Um, even when he had these little moments. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting playing this, like, dark alternate universe version of myself (laughs) kind of is kind of how that not that i was playing him as my personality Mm -hmm. but just this like what happens when i get any kind of upward mobility how do i make sure that i remember who i actually am in solidarity with yeah Yeah. you know 
like That's if cool I if I do move up a class, how do I play? How do I remain? How do I then become a class trader to an, yeah. a, an upper class? Should I become it? Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool that we both had that those moments, you know, because we were this very in this yeah. like kind of precarious position with I think the person that you had some class solidarity with that I did too was Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Who was another like outsider to be becoming an insider a to model. the family. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, there were like these little moments, glimpses of class solidarity between different uh people, but like ultimately I think we all made some you know, we all mm-hmm. made kind of sketchy decisions. Oh yeah. One yeah. of my favorite sort of tour de force class trader characters was Miss Daniels. Mm, who is just like a creature of the billionaire class through and through just the house's major domo if you crossed her you crossed the family she loved kennedy (laughs) awesome (laughs) yeah um but yeah no one of the i guess one of the moments i want to make sure we cover before we leave the podcast is the the uh uh municipal slaughterhouse yeah yeah i think that was like the pinnacle yeah yeah uh, I want to give a little bit of backstory, and then I will let Jason take the main part of the story because he's the one who actually wound up wound up being the municipal slaughterhouse police, who we <laughs> called the MSP. And like, just talking about the MSP became like this talisman of dread in game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly incredible. But so we had this one character, um, Diane who was a veterinarian for head so basically a human doctor but because this is a world where you have a food class of humans you of course have an entire different specialty of doctors even though it's still human anatomy to handle them Mm -hmm. and there is a very terrible cannibalism book called meat by joseph de lacy and it is i'm sure you'll cover it on your podcast and please have me back on for that because i (laughs) hate Looks so much. It All is right. 300 pages of just consumptive misogyny and Jesus images and d- vegetarians eating light. It's horrible. <laughs> All right, we're ready. Um, Put it on the list. <laughs> but um, there there is a character in that uh book who fucks head and who gets punished by being turned into head for that. And that is much more graphic than in Tenders the Flesh, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we use that as a backstory for Diane because Diane had Diane had a helicopter mom and a very absent mom and really had trouble developing any kind of stable attachment to anyone else so became a head veterinarian and got real close to head and Beth who was Kennedy's um, friend and the influencer had a wife named Xanthi who owned a dairy and Xanthi had a special dairy and Xanthi had had Diane in to inspect her uh, milk producers and had had issues with Diane and chose the family gathering to bring this up Mm -hmm. in front of people to Ron Sanders, the patriarch. (laughs) Yeah. Kennedy was not at that table. Uh, he would have shut that down in an instant. <laughs> but uh, Jason, can you tell me what happened after? Can you tell us what happened after that? Yeah. Um, so for for a little bit of context, almost all of what was just described happened before the game even started. Like we wrote these into the character sheets that there was 
a history, a moment where Diane, the the grandchild of the Periarch, uh, had this moment with with uh, ex Galashiel. One one of Xanthi's head, yeah. Yes, and and that Xanthi was was witness to this, um, and Xanthi's uh, player was recruited to play this role literally like Last two, days, two days before the game even started. Uh, the the original person who was going to play that role ended up with with COVID and couldn't make it. Um, but we were very lucky to get to get this person in, and um, and oh my goodness, the the their willingness to just like buy in and be like yeah let's go for it was was pretty phenomenal but i didn't know anything had happened until um ron sanders's player comes up to me and pulls me aside and says hey uh i need to talk to you out of the game real quick oh okay sure yeah what's up um so we just had we just had uh xanthi admit to being the 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 parent to um to to Micah Lockridge. Oh uh, yeah. Beth. By the way, Xanthi and Beth were in a loving but secret polyamorous triad with one of the family lawyers, Lucius Lockridge, and they had had a love child with Lucius Lockridge named Micah, who was played by the lovely uh player who was a butcher out of character, so we wrote them a butcher character in game. So and- for those of you drawing the web yourselves, we promise it'll come around full circle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and and yeah, it was they literally just had this really tender moment where they tender, ha, huh, um, uh, where they they had revealed like, oh no, we're actually your parents, and everything looked like it was gonna end like a happy fairy tale ending for 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 Michael Lockridge Sanders. And I'm sitting there thinking, eh, I didn't really want anybody to have a happy ending, but oh well. Regardless, Ron comes up to me and says, I need to talk to you out of game. Um, I just learned something about. Uh, Diane about Diane uh, via Xanthi and I need to protect my grand my character needs to protect his granddaughter so we're going to call the municipal slaughterhouse and and say that it was all Xanthi who did this came up with it and is totally she's just projecting totally guilty of the yeah projecting Mm. totally guilty Mm. of doing the same thing that they're accusing Diane of um and also I have Beth on board Xanthi's yep. spouse totally agrees that this is the right thing to do. And I'm just jaw dropped. I'm trying to like pick my, my chin up off of the ground going, <laughs> this is less than 30 minutes after Micah figures out who, who their who real parents are. I'm just like, oh, and I'm like, okay, you need to come with me. And I, <laughs> I drag the player all the way over to Jax and I'm going, Jax, 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 Jax. You got to listen to this. <laughs> um, and yeah, we uh, again. Ron tells us the story. He says that like we want to turn Xanthi over to Municipal Slaughterhouse. I'm like, okay, let me go grab that player, um, check in, check in with them, make sure that this is all a story that they want to tell, that they consent to, and and they loved it. They're like, yeah, this sounds like fun. Let's do it. Um, and I had a couple of options for them, what they can do after their character dies, but um, we also talked about what they wanted character death to feel like and and what the experience should be. And they said, well, I want it to be dramatic can do. Um, (laughs) And we just kind of, and this is, again, this is emergent plot. Like we were just spitballing with, with these multiple players and getting all these pieces together. And we decided what we were going to do was after about a couple of hours of, of, of role play, um, we were going to have a member of the municipal slaughterhouse police 
from DC show up with a with a arrest warrant essentially for for questioning of um uh, of Xanthi Galashiel for inappropriate relations with with Head. Um and I I'm a weirdo and I just so happened to have like this perfect t-shirt and sunglasses to look like the creepiest sci-fi G-man from 20 minutes into the future. Um, <laughs> and so I did a complete costume change and I showed up and I pulled out I this happened last second but as I'm walking up to the front door of the property I pull out my cell phone and I hit record because I knew that like just in that moment I was like oh this is exactly what I need to do to put people on edge. And I started walking around with my very fake looking warrant and my own driver's license like it's an ID. And I demanded to talk to the owner of the property uh, to, to bring in Xanthi for questioning. And the looks on the players' faces when that door opens up and I'm just there. It's it's 930 at night and I'm wearing sunglasses for crying. Because only a couple of us knew that it was going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. very yeah. scary as someone like, I knew it was going to happen. But I think I had yeah. just like taken a shower or something and then i was like what the fuck is going on i didn't know it would go down like that yeah but i knew yeah. it was gonna happen and you could yeah. see in the footage of like how people are like skirting around me and especially like the servants they were just like you could tell the people that were lower class were like oh no that's a cop stay away but everybody who's playing a billionaire is coming right up to me <laughs> <laughs> and and, and having this conversation with me about what are you doing here? What's your purpose? And Xanthi catches on that this is what's happening. And they start yelling about it to others. And uh, I tell Ron Sanders of the property, I'm like, yeah, just sign here on the dotted line and I'll get them out of here. I'll give you five minutes before I have to come in and take take them by force. And I recorded that too. Um, right. And it's, it's really interesting. They but, dictated their will. Yep. Also, because there was uh, a lawyer present. Yeah, I got to watch that, and that was like yeah. really terrifying. And then I had a moment with Ms. Daniels, who came over to me, was like, "Dahlia, are you doing okay?" Because <laughs> you know, I'm just like this outside random person who thinks that they're going to have a good time at a billionaire's house for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know? I was comforting Beth, and then I took out my notebook and fountain pen that I was carrying in my pocket, and I started writing down the highlights of the will just in case amazing well, as the lawyer was taking it real in real life yeah. one of the things i was thinking about yeah. in my character's brain at that moment is like well that's cute i mean if it's going to if it's going to make them come in quietly that's great but yeah food doesn't get a last will and testament mm, yeah yikes <laughs> also I, I say that out loud but i'm like, <laughs> Ooh, gross. Also, I was <laughs> yeah, ending seeing this like total airhead billionaire heiress who could just come so back from fun. Burning Man, who was like the heiress <laughs> to a slaughterhouse and was like bouncing around being happy. And then the MSP showed up and she just lost her shit. Like she mm -hmm. fucking panicked. She was like, that's the MSP. They don't follow slaughterhouse regulations. You guys don't know what the fuck this means. Like, oh my, like, I worked in a slaughterhouse during my high school years. Like, do you know what that means? Like, just stirring up panic the whole fucking time. And I gave her a suicide pill at the end. So, you know, she decided to take it. That was on her. And you told Kennedy that um, you uh, made sure that uh, Xanthi, like, didn't feel pain or yep, anything. And did. then I went and told that to Micah and Beth. Yep. Yeah, it was such it was such a dick move. It was so yeah, good. So good. 
but yeah, no, um, I think that was kind of the moment that drove home for everybody what this game yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Because there was a lot of like, oh, I want to talk to the board. I want to dick this person over. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, get in a little dig at someone at dinner. The game was quiet for like a solid two hours after that scene because we yeah. saw yeah. one of our own because, you know, we were the uh, everybody was playing the billionaire untouchable capital class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we saw one of our own just get taken away for literally no fucking reason. Oh, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. I know you got the footage of that, Jason. And are we still making that available to uh, um, listeners of this podcast? Because sure. did we get the consent from? Yes, we did. The- I have players. The, there was only one request and it was that they not have their face shown in the video at all. And I I could give you the audio. I'll give you the audio for days. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with um like maybe putting some of that audio into this episode. Ooh. Yeah, if, if yeah, everyone feels good with maybe that. to open and close it. <laughs> Ooh, like, hell yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to use all of it because I'm certain there's going to be moments of long, awkward silences or or terrible balance because it's literally he just recorded myself. on a cell phone. He used his cell phone as like a body cam. Yeah. During yeah. the whole right. thing. And that just added to everybody's discomfort. It was so yeah, awful. It was very awful. Very awful. Very scary. So we have yeah. we have a term in LARP in some circles of LARP. Uh, type one fun and type two fun and type one fun is very straightforward like i am playing this to feel good i am playing this to enjoy myself i am playing this to feel emotions that make me feel happy and satisfied type two fun is what i imagine the listeners of this podcast very much enjoy which is i am playing this to feel something and that something may tear my heart in pieces and throw it on the ground and tap dance on it but I am playing it for that emotional catharsis. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. was some type one fun in this game. Some characters did get engaged. There was some really cute, like, confessions of love. Um, People had real hickeys. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was some real hickeys. There <laughs> did. Oh, yeah. But this game was primarily type two. And I think that scene with the municipal mm-hmm. slaughterhouse police made it very clear what sort of world we were in. And no matter how high you were in the class hierarchy, someone was going to eat you if it came down to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both literally and metaphorically. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next morning, people still ate meat. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. No one refused it it except for the vegetarians. It affected people, but not that much. You know yep. exactly yeah. that exactly mm-hmm. that yes yeah. it was it was it was horrifying that that it was happening even as i'm like watching this I, i'm participating in it as i'm driving this this awful human being to mm-hmm. bring someone to the slaughterhouse but like you know, after the scene was done and after we left the, out the front door of the house uh, you know uh the, the the player and i dropped character and we we're like okay what do you need now? And it's like, would you like a hug? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. It was um, uh, a very, very sweet little exchange that I got to have with them. 
And, you know, we, we also made sure that, and, and I think you mentioned this earlier, Jay, that we took extra care of that player for the rest of the weekend. And we gave them options, what they could do with the rest of the game. We thought we were going to mm-hmm. have them come in as a member of the board. Eventually, they just kind of decided, you know what? No, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to chill. Kitchen fairy, I think, is what they said. I'll stay in the kitchen. I'll help clean out uh, in, in the kitchen and everything. But I'm just going to stay mostly out of character. And we're like, yeah, whatever you have to do that sounds cool with us and they had a lovely time and i had a great date with them recently too ha oh wow yeah (laughs) yeah i should it's also very funny to mention that pretty much everyone um who attended this larp is polyamorous yeah Mm -hmm. so if you are a polyamorous weirdo looking to meet other polyamorous weirdos consider larp (laughs) yeah Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I, I remember my character started eating meat again on the Sunday morning for a yes. bunch of character reasons, and I had him after he had been comforting the the wife of the person who had been sent to the slaughterhouse, and it just affecting him, just like he just cared about Beth and him going, "God, I've missed the taste of this." Oh uh, man, sicko. Yeah. I obviously didn't eat it. You might have like, been mm, yummy. Of, you might as well have been taking bites out of Xanthi at that stage. It's exactly. true. It could have been. He was a little little sicko freak. Um yeah, so I see we've gone about an hour and a half. Um do y'all have any sort of like closing thoughts, anything you didn't get to address that you want to like make sure people hear about? Any or do you just want to get into let's close? I'm just delighted that we had the two of you mm. at our game because I think uh, having y'all on board lent a really interesting perspective and just kind of the awareness that this really was a game about cannibalism because we did introduce you guys as the hosts of a cannibal. Yeah, it was very meta. <laughs> and like, we were very clear about that. And it was uh, like, hey, you're playing a podcast host and there was that. And, like, I think you guys really added a lot to the game, like, as players, and we were real happy to have you. I I received so many comments from our player base throughout the weekend and after about just how delighted they were to have both Jay and Kate as part of the experience, and you have a bunch of new fans now. And friends, yeah. So it is, we're delighted by that. Um. You yeah. asked, you know, is there anything else that we wanted to mention? There's yeah, one yeah. more thing, which is another major inspiration, especially to 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 Jackson and I in the very early stages of, of developing this before we even brought Soraya on board, which is the menu. Um, yes, it's not, know, the menu. it's not cannibalism, but it might as well be by the by the way it explores its themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the menu was. A fantastic piece of media to, to to consume while we were prepping and preparing for this game and one of our players in particular really leaned into that um piper sanders playing the the young the newest youngest wife of the of the periarch um just a delightful performance from them uh a delightful human being a best friend of mine and just uh the way you lean into control and classism and and uh, 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 hedonism, right? Like the the absolute joy and love of of consuming this uh, to the point that it's an art form. 
they were barking orders in the kitchen that entire afternoon <laughs> and their presentation, they're serving that meal was one of the grossest moments for me. It was so weird. They, they had mm-hmm. each one of their sous chefs come out and like introduce their courses and got like viscerally descriptive about how you make a uh, lemon cured head. Yep. Like it's just like something they used to have back in the day called chicken. Yep. Like, mwah. It was that moment, and it was a moment before game that that really twisted the knife in both um, Jack's and I's ribs. We're walking past a room, we're listening to our players introduce themselves to each other and talk about their characters, and it was the it was actually it was Xanthi, it was uh, the the dairy boutique owner talking about the the beneficial uses of special milk products in skincare and and like jackson and i just kind of shriveled up as we were walking by and then we looked at each other and we went oh my god it's happening we've done it it hasn't even started yet but this is gonna happen and this is great <laughs> and that character is actually a vegan in real life and we've had some interesting conversations uh, with with them and their like experience yeah. as like a vegan um playing this as well like to be like a person in real life who is like vegan and then playing the character that they did yeah yeah actually they also brought up a very interesting point i had a conversation with with them and and piper's player recently where they they gave me an idea about a a thing to try in future runs of this game i haven't even told jacks this yet but uh (laughs) heard it here first folks but uh, the idea of having a run of this game at some point, and this would be up to the players, I suppose, but it would be that everybody is actually using impossible meat because it, oh, would, nice. it would like twist that, 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 that this tastes weird dial just a little bit further. Ooh, okay. And, make, and then real life vegetarians could again, eat Like, oh wait, this really isn't cow, but it's mm. close. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thought that got floated my way. And I thought that is really interesting. I like that. And then the real life vegetarians could eat it too. Yeah. Yeah, Well, an impossible meat. Yeah. It does really taste close, but it's not the same. Just that little bit close. Mm hmm. Yeah, this was this was so cool. So I'm really excited for our listeners because I feel like we get a lot of listeners uh, who of the like you know, cultural, like, media criticism uh, podcast ilk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited when we do episodes that aren't that. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we did the, yeah, the Brazilian cannibal. Just kidding. Yeah, fuck books. Uh, when we did the Brazilian cannibal manifesto. Yeah, that example. was so I cool. I loved that episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Or when um, we've talked about, like, historical things. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to, like, bring in this and I'm how go listen to the I, Brazilian cannibal manifesto right after that. Hey. Yes. And it's like, I, I love that y'all pointed out that LARP is about embodiment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I and, love that. I love that. And I feel like that's the perfect then like medium. You cannibalizing for yourself ex- for parts. Or, or, but just like even to explore like the link between cannibalism and capitalism mm-hmm. when you are like feeling it in your own body and actually having to move through the space instead of just watching a movie or, or reading yeah. a book, as effective as those things might be, when you actually have to like pretend you're living it, mm-hmm. um, I feel like is a really interesting and it's an interesting headspace to put yourself in. Yeah, headspace. Um, hey, I am wearing I my, that's a, yeah, I'm wearing my Deleuze t-shirt. So yeah. Deleuze alarm. I fucked up. It should have been headspace. We cut the, it's we're out. Oh, well, uh, 
No, yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. The, the um, good. Yeah. So do y'all have anything y'all want to uh, plug? Yes. Um, um, yes. You can find me on most places as Rufflejacks. Um, I also have an itch page for my LARP specifically, which is Ruffled Feather LARP at itch.io. Um, there is currently not much on there because I really only started running set piece LARPs again <laughs> in 2022 because i incorporated uh look at me being a petty bourgeoisie over here um (laughs) i incorporated in 2019 in november of 2019 i was like i'm gonna run larps in 2020 and look how well that turned out um but something that running a bunch uh running this larp and another larp because i was at four larps in four weekends Pro tip for new LARPers, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. I'm a veteran LARPer and I'm still burned out from it. Just don't. But something I will be posting on there in hopefully by the end of November is my uh, manifesto of expectations in LARP and how to uh, engage in LARP in ways that are best for you and the people around you, at least from my perspective, because your perspective might be different. But I'm all about setting expectations. What what was the the title of it going to be again? Uh, you're grounded. Yeah, you're grounded. <laughs> but you're grounded as in like you're grounded, but also yeah. as in you know you're grounded in yourself. So we love a manifesto. You on love this a, a a good pun. You're a good pun. Thank you. Well, we can't take credit for that one, Jack. Okay. That was that was actually one of our players that came up. With yes, that, it? and right. it was very good. Um, like I I love a pun for a title. I don't like. I don't tend to like puns beyond that, but um, yeah, no, uh, please find me on most social media as Rufflejacks. That's R-U-F-F-L-E-J-A-X. I also have a link tree with all of my stuff on it. That's just link tree slash Rufflejacks. Please feel free to reach out, get in touch. Tell me this was the dumbest episode you've ever listened to and get back. No, (laughs) but you know, sorry. You can, you can cut out the self-deprecation if it's not funny enough, but I, I thought it was charming. Uh, but yeah, no, I I had a lovely time, but I think I got more out of this deal than y'all did because oh. having y'all at my LARP was just lovely. And I, I don't know, I got a free trip to Virginia, so yeah. <laughs> that was really fun. We had a great, I mean, we had a great time and like we're, we now have so many new friends. Yeah. Yeah, like the um, I feel like the week or two after the LARP, the I um, felt so Discord cool. was like fucking off the chain. Yep, it was <laughs> popping. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Jason, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mostly just where you can find me uh, in the context mm-hmm. of LARP. Um, you you can find me if you're in North Carolina. I I help coordinate and run a Southern Gothic uh, horror oh, fuck yeah uh, mm-hmm. LARP out there that happens four times a year um, called Amnesty by King Heron Games. You can find that at amnestylarp.com um, or on Facebook. There's a Facebook group for Amnesty LARP. Amnesty is in the the word A M N E A M N E-S-T-Y, Amnesty. There we are. Um, it's a Nerf gun LARP with major oh, games that I'm very, very proud to be working along with. 
Um, you can also find me at the next uh, Intercon in Rhode Island, uh, which is, I don't have the dates off the top of my head, but I'll be there probably just as a player this time. And 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 then look out for on 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 ruffle on ruffle jacks watch out for ruffle feathers larps in the future i it will be, there will be another run of head of the family you heard it here and uh, you better believe i'm going to be there you can also uh follow ruffled ruffled feathers llc on facebook if you would like updates sweet and speaking of discord tender subjects got a discord hey, now baby, baby. <laughs> airhorn.wave <laughs> Woo. Uh, so you should join that because there's some of the head of the family players true, in there. You'd like to talk and you can be friends with them. them. Yes. Do I get do yes. I get like a special like friend of the show tag on on the show? Oh, yeah, we should sure. make a friend of the show tag. I love a friend of the show tag. That would make me join so fast. Oh yeah. Yes, we'll <laughs> do that. That's that's the condition. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um and on that note, are we gonna put that, uh, I will are we gonna insert put that in the notes? Yes, I will put all of that in the notes, and I'm also going to put Municipal Slaughterhouse Police hey. audio here, too, hey. to close hey. us out. Very scary. It's going to be so good. It's going to make everyone uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable note- already. <laughs> good night, folks. They're continuing to questioning because there are rumors of inappropriate relations with Heather. What? I cannot get into that, that at this time. That can't possibly be true. First time. I've heard that it's best for you to go with a, a, a large class. If you run, heard from where? I, if you run, they often hide Heard shoes. from where, Ron? MSP are here. What the fuck are you I'm doing? Sure if you're innocent, then If you're innocent, matter. there's no problem, is there? Heard are from where, innocent? Ron? Heard from where, Ron? Municipal slaughterhouse, please? Innocent, Everybody should be advised. Me. I am recording this. Don't. Nobody in this house touches head that way. So if you're innocent, you're going to go clear your name. So stand up and go clear your name. Of course I'm innocent, but I'm not going to go because there's faces accusations that people won't even tell me where they're coming from. You're going. There were multiple reports. At the moment, I'm not going to harm people by having their names be known to someone that they reported, but they're people I trust. This is ridiculous, right? I mean, come on. Sam, sorry, but if the evidence is staggering, then it's staggering. I'm being provided no evidence. No one's. We kept this in here, so there would be a place for you to find them anywhere. You don't have the right to evidence, Sam. I think it's best. Beth, can you tell your father this is ridiculous? It is typical that we have some of these difficulties. I can allow a few minutes grace, but I will be back in five minutes' time. But I will not. I will not be forced doing any forceful removals unless absolutely necessary. Please excuse me.